Wow, so would you believe we got picked up for a season two? Here we are, SAS Showdown, back for uh, after a very successful season one with some glowing reviews online and positive comments from friends and family. Here we are. I'm Colin McCarthy, and I'm joined by... I'm Rose Layton. So yes, it's Colin and Rose back for season two of SAS Showdown to talk about SAS and SAS Ops. So uh, episode one, we are doing video. As you can see, it's probably going to get better over time. We'll work out how to do virtual backgrounds and all that other stuff. But welcome, everybody. We're going to collaborate, and we're going to talk about a subject that you wanted to bring up, Rose. Yeah. So today I thought maybe we would talk about document collaboration. And this is something that I think that many of us in our jobs don't necessarily give a lot of thought to because there's kind of a, a few defaults out there and we'll talk about that. But what brought this up for me was in my current organization, we are having a little standoff between Dropbox paper and Google Docs. Um, and more and more, I have noticed that Google is adding features that compete directly with Dropbox paper features. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to bring that to the table and let's, let's talk about document collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has got a lot more complicated. You would think it would get easier as technology progresses, but it's actually been getting harder. I think with the proliferation of different SaaS applications out there and different uh, storage options as well, because not only is there the, your file format, but that file format of the document that you're working on, uh, but also where it can be stored as well. File storage um, can become just an important part. Uh, and it's interesting when you look back to a simple, well, initially it was complicated as well. You know, you would have WordPerfect files. You would have a, a text editor with, you know, text documents or an RTF document. You would be sent a WordPerfect or a Word file and you wouldn't have the right version of the piece of software and you would try and open it and then you wouldn't have the right font installed so everything would look wrong. You know, obviously that's why something like PDFs became very popular and sort of took a, took on because it was you didn't didn't matter what font you had in, installed on your machine you would get a copy of the document as the person expected you to see it um so did, did you, you know used to have perfect is still around i was surprised to see that i was surprised yeah, to see the that the latest uh, version is word perfect 2021 released in may 2021 um, um i'm gonna be honest with you colin this is a bit of our generational gap here. I have never used WordPerfect. <laughs> wow. I didn't use WordPerfect back in the day. I remember I had a word processor on my um, on DOS on my Amstrad, Amstrad 1640, um, which is my first IBM compatible computer I had. I think it was called, I think it had multi in it. It was Multimate Pro or something or Multimedia, Multi something. It was a, it was a text-based text program um, for writing documents. And I thought it was very curious and strange at the time because I wasn't really, you know, writing that many documents mm -hmm. and printing stuff out and writing letters. That's um, true. Yeah. I think back in the day, I can't remember writing nearly as much as I do now. Um, even just like personally, 
I'll like pull up a doc to, you know, take notes on something or like write instructions for something or, um, you know, design something pretty for one of my hobbies or something like that. But like looking back, like I definitely had fewer reasons to write. Yeah. Well, generationally people, generationally you you missed out on the the philofax days and probably probably those little uh leather bound books what were they called moleskins oh i mean moleskins are still a thing (laughs) i know they're still a thing but they were they were a huge thing in in the early 2000s and and late 90s everybody in in London. Well, everything used to be about handwritten notes. The irony is I still do take handwritten notes most of the time. I use sticky notes for them. (laughs) My desk is one of those ones that's covered in sticky notes. But obviously, that's not collaborative, right? That's like personal did Did people collaborate on documents? How did people collaborate on documents? Tell me, Colin. Teach me. Teach me the olden ways. I don't think they did. I think they were very... I never, yes, I am older. Yes, I've been in technology a lot longer. Um, but we weren't in the, the fields that I was in, in, in IT support and telephone support. We weren't collaborating on documents. We weren't sending a document to somebody asking for a revision and getting it back. But I remember being involved of some of that and you would get, you know, track changes within Word. Mm-hmm. You would... Sometimes people would use a different color font, so you could see what they had had had, had entered, uh, yeah. had edited, and and entered. Yeah, um, and I mean before that, the word redlining comes from literal red pen against paper. So, yeah, yeah. So now we do his- it all virtually. <laughs> historically, and it was interesting that you said about sticky notes, and that's an almost sideways. Um, uh, uh, here's some cats meowing in the background. It's yeah, not a Sassab's not a podcast. <laughs> it's not a a SAS showdown podcast episode without a cat or two joining. Um, be it notes, uh, sticky notes, one note, um, Notion, Keep, Evernote. Mm-hmm. That is all collaboration and that a lot of that is personal note taking but then a lot of that is also collaborative you can share those notes with other people that's true Um, that's true you know even on google keep i've used google keep to collaborate on a on a shopping list you have your little tick boxes and you you know you have your communal house shopping list in a in a google keep document but yeah you can use the the like uh, mac notes app too uh, and that collaborate on the on probably syncs syncs the iphone etc mm-hmm. so you have or you know, through your iCloud but let's stay more focused on docs and word yeah. i think because they are by default the two competing document formats but is is something that isn't actually physical not that a word document is physical is it really a document format and does it really matter? Uh, well, I guess the thing is, is like the, the, to me, the definition of document has gotten pretty broad, 
right? There's a lot of different types of files these days that I would consider collaborative documents that may not be dot doc compatible if you, mm-hmm. if you catch my drift, right? So like, um, you know, we would be remiss to kind of throw out the boxes and the drop boxes of this kind of niche because like you can store anything in those um usually in their native format um and so like you know if you have for instance you know wireframes or um you know images videos any kind of design work sometimes even like project files like you know, from mm-hmm. like a Canva-esque kind of thing. Like you can store those in in collaboration tools and work on them with, you know, live versioning, even if it's not live collaboration. So I feel like we'd be remiss to, to sort of skip over those. Um, although a... I think, I do think if for the most part, document collaboration applies to the white sheet of paper looking thing no right and it's interesting how you called it a sheet of paper <laughs> because it's it's made to look like a sheet of paper it Even is because the debate rages on what... the page versus page lists yes doesn't yeah. need to look Which like is... it can be printed out anymore yes um and i think some of those sort of borderless pageless document collaboration platforms and certainly with the expansion of the whiteboarding applications that are out there which are also used for obviously for collaboration um also you know can be considered it's interesting where you mentioned dropbox and box now are they a collaboration platform are they or are they a store or 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 Hang on a second. Let me let me finish yeah. my definition. <laughs> or are they a storage platform that allows you to collaborate in? Because obviously, as you said, one of the good things is you can put anything in there, and then yeah. obviously you can you can collaborate on that one version of your uh, Adobe Photoshop file or your project Microsoft project file. Although, if I you're would using, argue that you know, it makes Microsoft. them more collaborative than something with a more limited file storage system. Like, I mean, when you upload things to SharePoint, you don't collaborate within SharePoint, right? <laughs> like, it depends entirely on the thing you've just uploaded um, and where you open it. Because even like live editing in the desktop versions of Microsoft are not, not really a thing. Uh, right. Yes. You, yeah. We could yeah. have a whole argument and architectural discussion about those technologies that sort of right. cobbled together. Well, and obviously, and, but Dropbox a lot of has created an environment where you can edit some of those documents, even though they're not considered native to the file storage system. They've created editors where you can do at least light editing. Google did that too mm-hmm. with Word and Excel, right? Giving us the ability yep. to lightly manipulate the document without having to convert it to the proprietary system. Yes, a lot of them are getting a lot better at doing that. So it doesn't matter what 
you don't, it doesn't matter what application you have uh, installed on your computer or, or online version you're using, you can normally edit the document that is sent to you in, in your preferred editor. That's one of the things I like about Box. I've, I've used it as a, as a customer, haven't deployed it, but I was collaborating with somebody and they had all their documents that I was working on stored in Box, and you know I could connect my Google Sheets so that I could op I could manipulate the X the they were Excel documents, but I could manipulate them in the the online application that I was more comfortable in, while that other person probably had a copy downloaded to their laptop and was using the the Box Sync tool or whatever um right. to to do the the editing and then the uploading um so yeah we were collaborating on a single document but using two competing you know technologies um well i want to go back to your your question about there was another thing you just even matter yes well, do you want to go yeah. do my thing or do you want to um I can't remember my thing, but it was something around that. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure we're going to meet in the middle. This is the. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I, I had a thought while you were, <laughs> I had a thought while you were talking, which is, you know, you, you have this question of like, you know, does, do file formats even matter these days, right? Does it, does it matter what, whether we're talking about a Word document or a Google doc or a paper doc? Um, I would argue that currently it does. Right. It still does matter what kind of file you're talking about today as we work. If you're just talking about Google versus like Office, I, I think it matters a little bit less. But like when you start to add in some of the other players, some of the other file formats, like, yeah. Um, do you see a world, I guess, where everything is basically like an XML file or an HTML file? That's being what read, I was going to bring up. Yeah, by a universal sort of reader, right? Like, I I could see yes. that happening. So there was, yeah. So I think that wasn't that the the basis of XML when it came out in two thousand and two, two thousand and four, whatever. It was supposed to be a document language, an extensible markup language that could be interpreted by any yeah. any application that that you wanted. Um, mm -hmm. And then also there's, you know, the um, OpenOffice and the LibreOffice open document format, which was supposed to be, you know, available to anybody and everybody to as a sort of a, an open document plan, uh, open document platform or format so that it didn't matter what application you were using. Um, I feel like we need to consult some experts to figure out what happened there. But yeah, it sounds like a history channel miniseries. <laughs> but 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 looking towards the future, like, do you think we'll ever get there? Where where everything really is essentially the same type of format and that it's all universally extensible, universally readable? I'm... Or is that not a money making venture? It feels like it might not be a money making venture. It's not money making because you can't lock people in. You you can't lock people in and you don't have anything proprietary. Obviously, Microsoft became very big because they had Office and everybody was using Well, your Word editor it was, is proprietary. It was proprietary. Yeah, your your editor is proprietary. Like the types of documents you can create and the value 
of, you know, the templates or various extensions that you might have, those have value and those are proprietary. Yeah, there'll be some add-ons, but the the underlying application, whether it's Word, Google Docs, LibreOffice, OpenOffice, you know, WordPerfect, some of the other applications out there, if they're all doing exactly the same thing, and unless there's something about their format that t- that locks that document to be only be opened by X application. Um, right. Which you know, would the, the, the only whole sort of purpose. yeah, I think it's only on the um, the, the Mac OS side that I think there's real document lock in. Like, um, yeah, uh, I guess key, I was keynote, sort of picturing key, it key, as. Go ahead. I was going to say Keynote files. Mm-hmm. Keynote files, I think, can only be opened by Keynote. Somebody can, if we had a comment section, you could you could correct me in the comment section. Um, we do have a comment, but section. I think that, like that's YouTube. a that's a vendor lock in. Well, so I'm trying to the, the way that I sort of think about it is if we had a universal sort of file format, um, it's like when you insert a Google drawing into a Google Doc, or mm-hmm. you embed in a Google Doc. Even um, the object is there, and you can see it but you can't really interact with it. It's just there or it's not, right? So that's not kind of how I see right. these these different sort of editors working together is like, if, you know, if, if I opened an XML file in Figma, let's say, or Whimsical, right? And added a diagram to it, mm-hmm. I would be able to do that. And then if somebody opened that same file in a different editor, like Google Docs or Office, then they would be able to see the item, but they wouldn't really be able to interact with it because their version of the, their editor doesn't have the ability to interact with those objects. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That you makes see that? sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can keep your proprietary yeah. bit. You can't really like take yeah. those and go other places. I mean, then we can get into like standardization of those object types and you know, what have you, but it's just like how you can PDF anything and it's a PDF. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and we need to like the these... virtual version of that. Oh my God. Could you imagine how crazy that would be if you could give somebody a PDF, but it was all the elements in that PDF were linked back to some of the other live document. So the, when it when that live document yeah. changed, it automatically referenced and updated the PDF. So, but that's right, of like, like, it, like online, it's sort of online, like a newer version, yeah, right, of yeah, your file, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be so amazing. That's sort of like that's really Google Docs at the moment, any anyway, or uh, an online uh, OneDrive yeah. um, Word document, because in those documents, I think the power, and we'll go back to sort of the the the, the, the SaaS SaaS ops beauty and power of this online collaboration as opposed to the traditional sending of of static exported um, files, whether it's a a PDF or a Word document, is that live data, that data where if you are importing a Excel document or a chart into a Word document, it it Mm -hmm. can be updated as the data in 
that chart. But only updated. if you're online, right? Only if you're online. Yeah. Can I, and, um, you, and you have and you have the rights to view that data probably as well. So right. it all gets into the whole permissioning thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, the objects that we're talking about inside of these documents are complex. They're not simple, right? And it does require this whole, like, do you have permissions? Is your... Sh- is your stuff integrated, right? Like, can your office account connect to your whimsical account or, you know, you know, whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and like pull those permissions, reference those permissions correctly. So like, I mean, it's not simple, but could it happen? I think, I think maybe it depends on what the priorities are to be like my priority as a person in it who, you know, cares about the productivity of my users of course these are things that i want (laughs) i want things to be easier and more seamless for them but do i believe that the SaaS companies that we work with every day care about the fact that you know we have two document collaboration platforms or that we're using five project management systems you know i don't think they care they want to be our only one they all do, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't do that. Yeah, and uh, we've we've yeah, it would require them to work together a lot more, and I I don't know that they're invested in yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there is companies companies generally uh, have one email system. They can have multiple document management systems, document collaboration. As you said, multiple uh, project management applications normally exist inside an organization. I would be um, curious to, to hear and, and find out what is the, um, how many companies have sort of best of both? Do they just have Google um, Drive? Do they just have Office 365 and, and OneDrive? Do they allow their users to pick and choose? How do they manage that within an organization? Um, and the one thing you I picked up on, you said it should be seamless for, for your end users as an IT professional, you want it to be, you know, seamless and secure with, with a lot of these collaboration platforms, uh, the, the power and the, the real added value comes into the ease of sharing them, um, and giving people the right access rights and for that person to access them and do what they need to do in the simplest way. Uh, and also for the person to access that document on whatever platform they're on, whether it's, I love being able to, you know, quickly look at a document on my phone um, using Google Docs and Google Drive on my phone. Absolutely. That's incredibly powerful. I've never tried OneDrive and, and Word on my phone, okay. um, on my Android phone. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd be wondered. You know, we'd like to hear in the comments what what people's experience with that is. I guess I guess we can talk about our experience at least, right? So, yep. you've you've worked a couple of places. I've worked a couple of places. In in all the orgs I've ever worked for, there is always a use case for both that we couldn't get away from. Right? Yeah. You couldn't use just Google or just Office on an individual personal basis. You could. But as an organization, there was always a use case, particularly for office, because lawyers and accountants really like their things. Um, 
But even in Microsoft organizations, I've never entered into a Microsoft organization that didn't have some need for Google collaboration, even if it was just to be able to receive files from Google mm -hmm. organizations. So like Google's kind of locked themselves in there. They've built this beautiful permissioning model where you can share any document live with somebody in a more secure fashion than email, but you got to have a Google account mm -hmm. to access it. Right. And we prefer as an as an IT organization that those accounts are managed. Technically you don't, you can share a Google doc with somebody who doesn't have a Google account. Yeah, no, I know. If you, if you put the tick in the box that allows that. Yes. And it's, it's and all they, they, get a, they get a one-time password. Yeah. Here's yeah, the secret yeah. Colin. They still technically have a Google account. <sighs> it's a, it's called a visitor account, but it's still a Google account. I was in that beta. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visitor account that exists. Like, and I think something similar happens for office. Um, I've definitely ended up with an office visitor account for some reason before, but yeah, yeah you probably have um, a Microsoft account. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people with, with Microsoft accounts. Yeah. So, so there's a way around it, but it's not, it's not really a true way around it. You have a Google account and it, unfortunately visitor accounts are unmanaged. And so like as an IT organization, you have to decide what's important to you. Like, right. Yeah. Do you care that your users could potentially be going and getting these unmanaged accounts? Fun facts, you can also create a consumer Google account using your work email address. Those are unmanaged yes. accounts. <laughs> And you can use those to create files for your company and store things. So, so I guess like as an IT organization, are we going to be okay with our users doing those things? Right. Or in many organizations, that's not okay. So you have to have something on Google in order to keep your users yeah. from signing up. Yeah. Even if you've claimed your domain and then don't assign anybody licenses. Yeah. Um, Even if that's we should, all you we should do. do a, it sounds like a, yep. It sounds like a topic for episode five or six, maybe to do with, yes. uh, some of the best practice of SaaS security. So, um, see, so yeah, there are, there are different ways to, to look at collaboration, file collaboration. If files even, even care, if you even care about your file formats anymore. Care. Yeah, uh, I don't think the files ever cared. <laughs> no, no, but, just do, us. but do you care? Just but us. do you care what format it is? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't received. I can't remember the last time I received a document and I couldn't open it, or where somebody right. had sent me something. Um, I do really hate in, it when people send me things that I can't open. But you're right; it doesn't happen very often now. Yeah, and and if you if you are working with somebody who's sending you dot dot pub files from publisher, then you should certainly sit them down and ask them to reconsider the application that they're using. Ask them to reconsider using publisher. <laughs> um, I yeah. guess let's uh, just to wrap up quick. Um, I had a question. What was my question? Uh, just rapid fire real quick. Mm -hmm. Can you think of like, or name, name one reason why you might have multiple, uh, document collaboration systems in one organization? Just name one real quick. Client need. Okay. If you have, if certainly if you know a client services type industry, 
um, then you would meet generally meet the client where their technology is. Um, whether it is using Dropbox as a file storage collaboration platform or Google Drive or, or OneDrive. Um, how about you? What was... What oh, was, mine's, what... mine's picky users. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I think at some point organizations grow large enough to kind of shut that stuff down, but not always. Sometimes they let those niches kind of gather and so you end up with um you know a whole department that's on a different thing they have the the main thing that everyone has yeah right? the corporate issue they yeah. they also just internally themselves use something else and so um, yeah and, and usually probably... i find that those are bred out of desire rather than technical need interesting i was about to say technical need yeah no you think I just told you, I work in an organization personal... where we use Dropbox paper. There's no technical need there. <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't looked at it enough to see what it does. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is I, I think everything has proprietary features that people can like get wrapped up in and are like, I can't live without this. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. It just depends on the organization's tolerance for that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And our, um, our ability to manage it fairly. Yeah. Um, and people's it can get people's pretty wild westy if you don't manage it fairly. Yes. And people do love making beautiful document, beautiful documents. There is a wonderful uh, Scott Adams, Scott Adams Dilbert book. You might be able to see the Dilbert poster behind me or the little uh, mm -hmm. fridge magnet on my old fridge. There's a uh, Scott Adams wrote a book called, uh, I think it's the, the joy of creating beautiful documents. It's a whole comical look at the, at the um, sometimes silly world of, of corporations where you are judged purely on your ability to make beautiful documents. I judge myself on my ability to make beautiful <laughs> documents. It's terrible, probably. Like, it's definitely the content is more important, but... <laughs> we, we, we will have to have uh, a display. We'll have a, 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 a first Friday art gallery display of, of beautiful documents that people have made. I am terrible at making documents. Uh, Are I, you? Um, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm envious of people who can do all of the fancy bulleting and, and the, the margin spaces, if we even have oh, margins Colin, anymore. I just, and all I of the formatting and the, the headings. And yeah, I, yeah just, I just set all that stuff up as can't, defaults. Can't do and all then that, don't I do it. don't have I'm, to uh, like, yeah. I'm really picky too. My, editor, my headers have to alternate colors. So I won't use just all monochrome colors. I'll use like whatever our like, brand colors are. Yeah. It's yep, like yep, one of the first to... things I do when I start somewhere is I like, I put together, I, I take their branding guide and like put together a template. For yeah. Myself. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of companies yeah. will, will publish those branding guidelines in, mm -hmm. in a, in some a of them publish templates too. Can, yeah. 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 We do yeah. that. So, um, we have, I, I want to say we have like 50 templates here. It's terrible. People will just sure upload they... templates for everything. I don't know who's approving those. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. like they need a workflow. You can do template approvals in Google Drive. I do know that. And you can assign somebody with a template we approval we admin that. so that they can approve them to be published is. to everybody. Yes. I have no yeah. idea who it is. 
they've probably all been it's leaders not even me. and everybody has <laughs> everybody has left the organization and nobody's approving those templates no because i submitted one and it got approved all right so, i just <laughs> don't know who approved it anyway well you go and you go and check that group and uh thank you everybody for listening to another episode of sash showdown and join us again uh for episode two as we carry on our discussion about sas and sas ops produced by the tab geeks network enjoy all of our shows on youtube at youtube.com forward slash tab geeks join our exclusive free no sponsors allowed slack community and sign up for our newsletter at tabgeeks.com